got sour. So I kind of feel like when we do hip hop trivia that we're really first place because those mm-hmm. guys cheat. Mm-hmm. We need to get Black Achilles on here. <laughs> totally. Cause... I got some questions. <laughs> How the fuck do they know all the samples? They are little cheaters. <laughs> yeah, I think so. They are total cheaters. For real. <laughs> We got a whole lot of shit to talk about today. Ratchet and Woke Podcast. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram. Ratchet and Woke Podcast at gmail.com is the email. To send us questions, comments, and topics, unlearn the world, Lil MC. Yeah. I'm feeling like I want to do this. Unlearn the world and Lil MC. You want to do that? I should say it. Okay. Uh, email us questions, comments, likes, pornographic material, whistle-blowing, honky-tonks. What does that mean? See, mate, that's why you do it, because I just go off on random words. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this, is, this is exactly why. <laughs> like, this is exactly why I do it. To lilmcratchetandwokeunlearn.com. <laughs> <laughs> this just getting to a topic. Charles. All right. <laughs> let, me, let me giggle a bit. Like, shit. All right, so what's up? How's everyone been? I don't know. You're not here to talk about it, so we're gonna go ahead and get into it. A lot of things. Is there a lot, a lot of, of things? Delta variant. Oh God, it's not scares. I don't. Uh, again, I, yo, I honestly think that it's it's all a conspiracy because they overbought vaccines. I think the I think the government overspent that on vaccines and they need to push them. So they're they're propping up or they're they're exaggerating the Delta variant. Especially how it's affecting people who aren't vaccinated, and now know. you have bars in places COVID like San Francisco. Cases have gone up like to like 141. Right, but it's mainly because of the Delta variant, and it's mainly people who are unvaccinated is what they keep emphasizing, at least from the news sources that I see. But further to that, places like in San Francisco are now they want to keep their doors open rather than going back into shelter in place. So what they're saying is we're going to keep our doors open and only service people who are vaccinated and can prove vaccination or frequent tests or frequent But testing. SF has more vaccine. That's like one highly vaccinated area and it still has hella. Well, I'm just saying that as San Francisco is serving as their, they are a precedent in terms of this policy, right? Like they're setting a precedent well, in terms of saying like, Hey, we're, we're, Certain businesses and certain industries are only going to service people who are vaccinated. Yeah, but it's not mandated yet, and and like right. they haven't made a mandate saying you have to wear masks, but certain businesses can require it. Right. Yeah. Exactly. But again, I don't want to be the I don't want to be COVID cast because fuck that shit. And I mean, do you want to be COVID? Do you have any more? No, no, just no? read the okay. list. Okay. <laughs> list. That's <laughs> all right. I had to say. And like, you yeah. want to no, go okay, on a rant sorry. about? My I bad. Don't my bad. Be COVID cast. I don't. <laughs> No. I, there's certain things I don't want to be the podcast of. Can I tell you what those things are? Sure. I don't want to be politics podcast, and I don't want to be COVID podcast. And okay. I, I don't want to be like, like, I, I, I don't want to be trending podcast either. I don't want to talk about all, because lately I've been, you know, trying to f- find certain playlists and blogs and radio shows and all that shit to pitch my, my latest release to, right? Pitch yeah. songs to to get on. And I'm looking at all of these music blogs, and they're so fucking boring. It's like, uh, s- fucking, what's his name? Young Thug has pink hair now, and he wears it out outside in latest music video. And like, right? Yeah, I mean, I think what you're speaking about is like clickbait journalism. It's right? so like doing boring. Things that are, yeah. And so I, I just don't want to talk about all that shit that's already circulating because it's like for people that aren't artists, and a lot of people are artists. Probably more people are artists that shouldn't be. But people still want to be part of that world. They do things like journalism. And a lot of people do journalism that don't really have skill or, you know, they don't have the, the, the connections or network to be a successful blog or whatever. People just do it because they and, want and to. See, and, that, and that's, I think that's the, the, that's the beauty or the gift and the curse of hip-hop culture. Right? And I, and I was watching uh, Vince Staples on Drink Champs explain mm-hmm. a portion of this. He was explaining how... Um, 
he was basically saying how hip hop is such an easy access point or entry point into creativity, mm-hmm. right? Because it requires little to nothing, right? And people who feel marginalized or misfits or whatever the case is seem to flock to hip hop culture, mm-hmm. regardless of whether they grew up in it or whatever the case is. For that reason, and that reason. Only, only right like it's because it's it's easy access point you don't really need any prior skill mm-hmm. there's really not a lot of quality control in mm-hmm. the grand scheme of it all no, so it's a really great access point and then when you finally get your bearings and you have a following then you may or may not have the freedom to kind of expand your creative wings right but it's just a, such an easy entry point so even if you're not a rapper or a producer you can still have a career in hip-hop culture simply from commenting about it so then that that's a good point and this led me to my other thought today is that now hip-hop has become you know so popular and accessible as you're saying and it's it's pop culture hip-hop is pop culture right yes so now you get people that have been deep i mean hip-hop has only been alive since 73 I'm seeing since 79, right? Yeah. I mean, like the way that we Yeah, the way that MCing. we understand it, right. So it is 2021, so that's 40... 48 years. 40, August 11th. 42 years 42 of rapping, years, yeah. of rapping, right? Mm-hmm. From 79 to 2021. Okay, yeah, yeah. Or whatever the fuck, 40? The okay. music industry, the rap Portion game, of it, right? right? Yeah. Okay, so then you have people who have at most 40 years of experience rapping, probably far less than that, mm-hmm. going out and finding nonprofits, other organizations where they become teachers. They become so-called experts. And then from there, you're they're, be, they're teaching dozens of schools, other organizations, other populations, whatever. So it's like all of these kids that would never have access to hip hop or or, or have the skills to be rappers or, or producers or DJs in that mm-hmm. matter are now getting exposed to this. So you're kind of like eliminating the process of what it what one of the one of those, you know, um, quality control elements in hip hop is that you had to take it upon yourself to go really dig in the crates like a DJ or research other MCs and, and like actually do your due diligence and, and research and becoming, you know, a really dope artist and understanding the history of hip-hop but yeah, now yeah, they're just yeah. like hey there's this rapper you don't really want to rap but they're gonna start teaching you how to do it and they're like oh, i kind of like this i'm gonna you know what i mean so it's like everyone is good if we think everyone's a rapper now i think like in five years everyone's gonna be a rapper and a producer like even now when we teach kids beats like most of them have in some capacity learned how to make beats before Right. Either on, yeah, a, on an app saying. or something like that. So it's going to be like so saturated with so many people. And I'm not saying that that's necessarily a bad thing. It's just an interesting thing. Like, you know, I, I like to think that I'm gifted in art because that's how I've been since I was literally five years old. If it wasn't rapid B, I'd be doing art in some other right. way, you know. But for that's what I'm but that's my point. I think for you as a person had an. If, it, if you weren't rapping, you'd probably be still creative and expressive and artistic in one way or another music. I have to. 100%. I've been doing that my For entire life. For a lot life. of people, they wouldn't. No, I know. For a lot of yeah. people, if you weren't rapping or you weren't getting some sort of uh, gratification and acceptance from the hip hop community, you probably would not be rapping. Yes. Right? For, for many people out and there. I was, and it's like something like I've learned every sort of experience almost every sort of expressive art from a young age like how to i've learned how to play like four different instruments before i was 12 you know what i mean right, like right. i didn't continue learning them but like if i liked it i stuck with it if i didn't i didn't i did theater i did a bunch of fucking shit you know because i liked doing that not because everyone was doing it at the time but now i think everyone but see like it, it's weird. it's interesting because i don't i don't necessarily feel like everybody wants to rap i just feel like there are there are people who, because of what they're going through in just either their adolescence or they're they're just kind of coming of age angst or whatever the case is, they flock to rapping because that's where they can find community, mm-hmm. right? That's I I think that that, but I I don't think that it's even though hip hop is the mainstream now, I still don't think that it is as accessible as we may we may think. There's it is, a right? threshold, right? Like everyone can make it to a certain everyone can release music. Everyone can get beats. Everyone probably has access to some sort of studio, you know, regardless of how good or talented they are. 
But then once you cross this threshold and you get into this area where you actually understand the music industry, it's difficult to get past that point. Right. It's difficult to break as an artist. Yeah, 100%. So, I mean... So, and then that's going to filter out, right? Eventually, people will either stop or they'll continue or yeah. they'll get better or that's where the quality control is. And then there's a level of com community quality control mm -hmm. at a certain point. Some some regions and some places may have less quality control than others, mm -hmm. but I think that there's still something there. I think skill is still skill, Right. And if you're not skilled in the actual talent of rapping, you may be skilled in putting songs together. Mm -hmm. You may be skilled in your ability to brand and promote yourself. There's still a creativity there. So it's it's, it's a mixed bag. But um, let's get to the topics. Yeah, yeah, sorry other, for yeah, that. Yeah, there's other topics. I know. Um, okay, so well, you had wanted to talk about artists that were waiting for music to come out. Yeah, there's so much music coming out. We have all these festivals being announced, and it just made me think about, like, who do I really want to hear from in the next, like, year? Right, like yeah. who are some like, artists? What the that fuck really... happened with Kanye? That was some bullshit. Right, exactly. That was a complete dud. He's dropping it August sixth now. Nas just dropped a or announced that he's dropping August sixth as well. King's Disease two. Um, I think Nas is personally just trying to ride the wave of the Grammy nomination. In you know, I'm yeah. I, <laughs> the Life of the Dice game been, is never, not a good song. Yeah, you've never been excited about a Nas record at all. I so like Illmatic. <laughs> so, but aside from that, right, you have Kanye who's now doing august 6th we'll see how that goes we're all waiting on a drake album um we're all waiting on we're SZA. all waiting on a kendrick album scissor would be great uh i would love to hear a saint john album or record he just soon. recently drops i don't think he drops features like every other but week the, i don't count a feature as you dropping a record like you're, because you're featured on a record doesn't mean that that's your record and you're rolling it out and don't yeah i don't foresee him he did it less than a year ago he dropped a project yeah, and it was it was it was it wasn't it was, reasonably well received, even though I didn't like it. Yeah, as because much it as was literally just projects. remixes of songs he's already right, put so out. Right, so I I'm, I want I would like for him to put out a record that's like one of his older records. Yeah, like with that level of intensity and that level of uh having you know new new. And music. Nikki's mixtape was disappointing to me. It was like yeah. so weird. Like she was trying to be reminiscent of the mixtape era, and to me. That was just annoying to have the DJ be like, hey, we got it here in New York City, the Queen Rap, you know, like just yelling for like one minute I think on she the just, Yeah, I think she just missed, she missed her mark, right? Because I think Tyler just did it with DJ Drama and it was fucking phenomenal. Like, Yeah, but his was not, he didn't take up one minute yelling. Right, because DJ Drama knows how to be DJ drama, right? Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? So there's a, there's, you know, there's good and bad ways of doing things. Mm -hmm. So I think DJ drama just knows better how to do it. I think him and Tyler, in terms of their intention and how they went into it, knew exactly how to rein it in when it needed to be reined in yeah. and for and for it to accent everything else that Tyler was doing. And I think they did a great job at that, um, you know, which makes it the album of the year so far, in my opinion. Uh, but we'll see what Kanye does. We'll see. I don't what, know. I'm I'm know. really loving the Pop Smoke album, but Pop Smoke album is good. I don't. It's I, just more for me to be yeah, honest. Like I, just, I love know. the I I like all of the different producers on it. I just love his melodies. I think I just think he's so fucking dope. Like I, I he reminds me of Fifty Cent. Like he reminds me of a modern day Fifty Cent. And I think if he was alive still, the album would sound way different. Because it it was clearly like they had to just pick scraps of like what they had of his. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. and I think that some of the features like didn't do what I, I felt a little bit rushed with some of the features, mm -hmm. but the beats were fucking crazy. The beats yeah, on that the production on that album was really insane. dope. Really and the dope. hooks were fucking crazy and anything Pop Smoke touched was amazing. But yeah. Um, there's also movies that I'm excited about that are coming out too, though. Yeah. House of Gucci. House of Gucci, yeah, that, that, that looks, looks crazy. That uh, like Jared Leto man. looks like old as fuck. Hell like yeah. what the fuck? And then the 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 Soprano movie that yeah, that yeah. won't have Saints um, of uh, Newark or whatever it is called. Yeah, yeah, yeah that that looks fucking crazy. It's sad. Uh, Gandolfini. Why am I forgetting his first name? James, James Gandolfini won't be in it. But yeah, I'm excited for that. And there's just been some really dope music festival lineups that I'm really excited about. Um, the yeah, they just announced today, they just announced uh, uh, Lovers or Friends. Lovers, Lovers and, and Friends, Friends, Usher, um, Like basically John. everything from t 2000 to 2010. Yeah, fucking <laughs> Fire, Ludacris, yeah. TLC. TLC's on that lineup. That's crazy. Yeah. So I, I and I, I guess 
from what I've been told, tickets go on sale on Monday. You only need to put down $20 to reserve your ticket. So I was like, fuck, I can throw away 20 bucks even if I decide not to go. Yeah. yeah I'm trying to fucking finesse some shit. Like, yeah. Yo, <laughs> let me get on one of these. Let me, let me get a little, little 11 a.m. slot, you know? <laughs> let, let me be the opener of the 11 a.m. slot. Uh, yeah, that's... That's that's and get, give me like a thirty dollar buffet coupon and I don't even need that's all I need. That's the mixed bag of festivals, yeah. right? Because like you can get on a festival, slot. but like you're on at eleven a.m. I don't care though. That's it, it, like a, you that's you a, know what? I I saw Jay Electronica at like twelve thirty p.m. at Rock the Bells, and that was by far the most transcendent hip hop experience. I know you're I in had. love with him. Why are you going to be jealous? I'm just kidding. First, <laughs> yeah, like yo, you just talked about pop smoke for like five fucking minutes. Like yo, get the fuck out of here. Moving on. <laughs> Speaking of Pop Smoke, though, right? It was revealed that um, one of his people were saying how they warned him about oh, staying yeah. at the Airbnb that he was uh. staying at, which he. But I, it. Well, what I found interesting in that well, is up more. until. Well, no. What I was saying is that what I found interesting in him saying that is that when Pop Smoke died. It, the, the all the news reports were saying he, he died in his home. Uh-huh. He died in his mansion or whatever the case is. And it was an Airbnb. Damn. It was a high-end Airbnb. So it just kind of goes into this whole idea of it's an illusion, everybody. Like, it's a fucking illusion. Like, he wasn't like, yes, he was popping and he was well on his way to be a megastar and he was on that trajectory. But let's not act like he blew up and it was everything was up and stuck. No. He was renting an Airbnb in a high-end neighborhood, and that just happened to be where he died, right? So it's not about him dying or whatever the case is. It's just about the illusion of, oh, he got plucked out of obscurity, and now he's in a mansion. And it's like, no, he was just renting it, and it was for appearance. Wait, so um, who? how do you know that they warned him about the Airbnb? Well, that's because that, that was the whole segment of the conversation, is that they were saying, like, yo, you and shouldn't where be staying this? at this place. And you know what I'm saying? Um, it was, uh, I think it was a, a million dollars worth of game. It was his. It was one Pop Smoke's managers or something like that. It, it, it escapes me exactly, but mm-hmm. that's. I just found that particular piece of information interesting, right? Because like, if you hear somebody died in their mansion, it's like it just hits different than they died in their Airbnb. Well, and I- further to that, I, I the only thing I would add, not to cut you off, is it changes. If if people knew that, I think it changes how people perceived him, and it changes their desire to want to rob him. It may or may not. I don't know. I don't really know. To but me, I just it think sounds just... like, damn, okay, that, that's a hella good way to fuck people over. You have you you cut a deal with someone who runs Airbnbs and be like, yo, I know Pop or whoever. Yeah, so and so is he. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. and, they, and you're the person with the nice Airbnbs. Like, let's fucking rob this per you know what i mean like that's a hella easy way to rob someone yeah i mean i, I don't i don't think it was a racket because that would eventually it's get like a like, heist <laughs> but it would, it would eventually get like picked up if everybody get who rents this airbnb keeps getting robbed right like that would be kind of weird but my point is that him renting that space created a perception that in turn created a level of animosity that made people want to rob him it was a it was a crime of opportunity. It just created this like you know what I'm saying. I don't think the same thing happens if he's staying in a hotel or mm, if he's staying yeah. you know what I'm saying at a friend's house or some shit like that. I don't think I don't think they catch him that way. You know what I'm saying. So it was just interesting. Um, but what was other things on our list? Oh, um, okay. So we were talking about how or the Atlanta shootings. Where the, yes. the conviction, the, the, the man was convicted, I think, to life without the possibility of parole or some other thing. But um, what I, what I found interesting in that is they had him speak about why he did what he did, and it apparently came from him first not being able to have sex with anybody, or he didn't have anybody to have sex he with. He didn't have game, so he was paying for sex, and then he felt so much shame in paying for a happy ending, right? A happy ending. In he a wasn't massage. like cheating on anyone, right? Right. He wasn't cheating on anybody. He wasn't fucking anybody. He just got a massage with a happy ending, but he had so much shame around it that he went on a murderous rampage. Now, whether you believe it or not. That's completely up to you, but that's what he's saying. And it just made me think about people's relationship with sex and whether they suppress it or whatever the case is and how it really makes everybody go crazy, which is something you've been saying forever. Yes. Um, And I'll tell you this. So I don't know if I've told you this this before, but so I used to work as a 
responded for a suicide hotline. But yes. aside from it being a suicide hotline, it was also a drug and rehab uh, line. It was a overdose line, crisis line, and an HIV line. So people would call in with questions about HIV. Mm. And a lot of times people would call and they'd be like, say these crazy fucking things. Like I shook hands with someone and they had a cut on their hand. Like, what are the chances of me getting HIV from that? It's like, none. You're fucking insane. Get the fuck off my line. Right. So really what we were trained to do is to listen to people that had clear anxiety, pathological anxiety, you know, like this was not rooted in any rhyme or reason or logic. Because it's like, nah, you're not going to get AIDS or HIV from someone who you don't even know has HIV from shaking a hand because you had a paper cut on it. Like, that's fucking insane. But a lot of times they would call in after they got happy endings. All the time. That was a very common theme because they would feel guilt and shame because they had cheated on whoever and gotten a happy ending. And so they'd always be like, Wait, is it they're poss- cheating on their girlfriend by getting a happy ending? Yeah. What is your girl? Like, why? I don't fucking know. I didn't ask those questions, but like <laughs> you get repeated callers. So we take notes, right? So we'd have this whole database, like, cause some people would give fake names, but we'd be able to still find them in the database. If they use currents, if they, if they use the same themes, like how the thing, how, they say how, why they're worried about getting HIV, whatever happened, or like they use the same city or their phone number or something. So we'd be able to search in this humongous database and find people, even if they use different names. Okay. And eventually, so we'd, we'd all take notes and read each other's notes. And eventually these people. You'd find a threading yeah, theme. Then, right. But also like we would, we would realize like, oh, this person is feeling shame and guilt because they cheated on their significant other by getting a happy ending. And you're able to like gather all this evidence because we have all this huge database full of notes from all these different people. Does that make sense? Not at all, but I'm, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm interested in, in, in knowing, I just don't like, know how so it relates say to I'm, okay. oh. if, they're, if they're getting a happy ending and they're ashamed that they cheated on their significant other, how does that relate to them just feeling shame for the sake of feeling shame that they had to pay for sex, well, which, is what, which is what I was trying. Yeah, to. well, like I'm just saying, like instead of calling and and getting comfort about shame and guilt, it's easier for them to call an HIV hotline and talk about how they're feeling and and whatever. Have someone listen to them if it's under this guise of, oh, is it possible for me to get HIV if they had a cut in their hand? But really, what they want, they just want someone to listen to them and talk to them because they feel Got shame it. and guilt. Okay, and I'm just that relating sense, that yeah. to like. You know, I, I think there's this weird correlation between people not either cheating or not being able to get sex by someone voluntarily. So they have shame and guilt and that triggers a, a lot of fucking weird psychological problems in people. Okay. Some result yeah. in them I, shooting up people and some okay. result in people having Got extreme it. anxiety where they literally can't sleep or like have to call HIV hotlines for comfort. You know what I mean? It's like it, it's it, a wacky ass yeah. world. What else do we got on this thing? Not a lot, so stop trying to <laughs> quicken me up here. No, uh, I'm just trying to get through the, yeah. Well, okay, uh, we were going to call Sarah and talk about Bitcoin because S- S- Lil Flower Nasty is always, like, talking to us about updates about Bitcoin. I personally I've don't checked follow, out. I don't, give I don't, I don't follow yeah, Bitcoin. Like, unless I'm, unless I'm like, really, really up, I don't care. But we can definitely call <laughs> let's her. Let's see. Let's see if she answers. Let's see if she. <laughs> I mean, because she's like, because what's been happening, it's like, you know, one of these fucking Illuminati members will say something about Bitcoin on their platforms and it either makes it go up or down. Hello? Hey, you're on the podcast right now. Are you available hey. to give some insight? Yes, I'm just uh, walking down on this matey street, but let's do it. Great, okay. don't get murdered. Um, yeah. Okay. So, so you, are a, a, you are our crypto and COVID correspondent. With no expertise. With no saying, expertise, right? whatever. Sarah does not know shit. But she, but she reads things. But she reads I, things way more than we read things. Yes. As it relates to crypto. Okay. Mildly educated. She knows a couple things. So tell us about Bitcoin. Give us what happened this week. Well, so, okay, so basically this week in Bitcoin, there were rumors, just mere rumors that Amazon was going to be accepting Bitcoin as payment, right? And they were going to be integrating it. But it came out that it was just a rumor. But the mere rumor was enough to raise the price by, like, I don't know, I, I got, like, a good 50, not 50%, but, like, I don't know, a good 30% up in, increase in That's Bitcoin alone. Yeah. So, but it's crazy to me because... Oh, sorry, just walking. 
um, it's crazy to me because Bezos and, and Elon Musk and all these dudes, like now they don't even have to say something. Their company just has to barely hint at it. And people go crazy and the price goes up. Or they could put it down and then everybody's like, oh, panic sell. And the price goes down. So I hate how much influence that these dudes have, man. Like even if even if it's not them directly tweeting it the way Elon Musk does. But yeah, it's just crazy. They're not allowed. And that, that's what you were saying, too, is they're not allowed to directly tweet about it. Right. So what they'll do is they'll they'll be very cryptic. They'll leak it through different channels. Well, they, they do tweet about it and they get in trouble because those little I mean, the the. The, the trouble that they're getting is basically like they have influence and it's clear that they have influence. It's kind of like you're not allowed to have You're too rich knowledge. to talk because you're going to shift the market into a collapse. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> not just that, but like, you know how it's illegal to like give insight on like, what's the word? Um, uh, Insider like trading. Market? Like if you yeah. have insight on the stock market, that's hell illegal. Like that's why Martha Stewart went to jail, right? Because mm-hmm. she had insight. And so basically now that, that now that Elon Musk has such an influence, like he's getting in trouble and he's, he, you know, but he doesn't care. He does not care because he, he like the, the, whatever the fine is, is so minuscule in comparison to like how much money the dude has. You know what I mean? He dude, gets fined. Right, what are his, what are his fines? Do you know this? Um, I mean, I, I don't know what the fines are, to be honest. I don't know the, the exact number, but like, I mean, clearly he doesn't care because he keeps doing it. And but the thing is, man, I could go on and on, but like, yeah, you know a is, lot. Keep going. Get your shit off. The, the, the thing that's crazy about it is that like, he knows that people will do whatever the hell he says. So he's like, mm, I'm just going to raise up the price and then I'm going to scare everybody so that they sell it all so I can buy more at a lower price. Damn. I mean, he's maniacal. But then Bezos, like, to be honest, like, I'm saying it all with a Spanish accent. But um, with Bezos, like, it's crazy because it's crazy because he didn't even directly say anything. He just, like, there was just a rumor. It was just a rumor. Who started the so, rumor? Did he start the rumor? It, it came out in some ad, like, 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 and people interpreted it that way. So everybody freaked out, like, oh, my God, Amazon's going to accept Bitcoin. And then Amazon came out and was like, oh, we're not accepting Bitcoin. But th- th- nobody dropped the price. But, I mean, nobody started panicking. But could selling, that be, so. couldn't that be somebody else? Like, I think we're looking in the wrong direction. That could be somebody completely yeah. uninvolved with, with like Amazon. Like the Reddit shit with, and the and Yeah, they could have just put it out there. And, it, and and the way information spreads nowadays, it could mm-hmm. Goes viral instantly to the point where Amazon catches wind and has to make a statement because yep. it's buzzing and trending, right? Meanwhile, whoever really- spread the rumor is probably now heavily invested in Bitcoin. It raises the value. They fucking get a profit. They cash out their profit. Damn, it takes. let's do that shit. It's a fucking hustle. Let's fucking do it's it. It's a hustle. There's no way that's not intentional though. Like, like they could say, oh, like it's not our rumor, but dude, they have people out there making these moves. Maybe I'm thinking of it too, like too grandiose, and like I'm giving them too much credit you know what i mean like but at the same i just time, think that like, people who are pattern, yeah i think people who are as rich as a jeff bezos or as fucking elon musk aren't looking for more money this motherfucker would just try to go to the moon like he like he's going to space right money i don't think is his objective right now Right, but it is a power play, but it, it has nothing to do with whether or not he, he gets more billions in a day sure. than other things. You know what I'm saying? At that at that level of wealth, it's all social engineering. It's all just kind yes. of cattle prodding human beings into functioning. Dude, it's God complex shit. You That's know what I'm saying? Really so it it's, you know, so I as to whether or not they're the ones spreading the rumors or benefiting from the rumors, I they're can't really, it I can't really tell. I just point. know that there's a lot of fluctuation in the market and I, yeah. I don't think the market and I don't think there are industries that are fully prepared for the power of the internet and how democratized the internet is. And if you have right. a small community, even of just a few hundred thousand people moving mm-hmm. on something financially or mentally it can shift the entire paradigm and that's what they're more mm-hmm. scared of than anything else so whether they blame mm-hmm. it on jeff bezos or they blame it on the people it's still this volatility in the market that is going to shift and transfer wealth and that's what they're scared of yes. because yes. when there are too many rich people out of the blue you yep you know what i'm saying it's it's it, it, it upturns the out apple cart so it's you know mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. interesting but i, I we too, appreciate like, your it's like these yeah these big time players that are all getting together and and making these decisions I, again i think that i think maybe i'm giving him too much credit but like all these dudes hang out you know what i mean like but the thing the difference with elon is that like Be- Be- bezos may not be like like intentionally doing it right but elon is like he he will out he's like i'd like to cause a little mischief like he outright said that in a tweet 
Like, he uh-huh. laughs about it. You know what I mean? He's, like, basically saying, like, y'all are stupid for listening to me. I have power. And he gets a kick out of it. It's, it's, or he's, it's, he's, he's shitting on the, the, the other rich people that he doesn't like. Yep. It probably has yep. less to do with, like, Joe Smo from, from Apartment 5A and his Bitcoin stock hey, and more to do with, like... Address. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, no, but... Uh, and it has probably no, more I to mean, do with, like, the CEO of some some competitive company and what they're invested in and how he can fuck them up, right? You know what I'm saying? So, like, that yeah. may be the mischief he's referring to. I don't always think that rich people care that much about the threat of poor people for them to fuck sure. up poor people. Like, I think they're... Like, you're never going to catch me. I'm good. Like, I'm, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, we yeah. write the laws. We pay the people who write the laws. We're, we're fucking safe. It's just, it's mm-hmm. weird. But we appreciate mm-hmm. your perspective nonetheless. Yes. Thank <laughs> you so much for being our oh, special correspondent on the streets of the TLs in the middle of the night. <laughs> yeah. Don't no, get no stabbed. Problem. I'm uh, getting ready to walk up, you know what I mean? But into the, into the cut. Into the cut. <laughs> <laughs> All right, little okay, flower nasty. Uh, you little, you little. You little minx. We'll talk yeah. to you later. <laughs> All right, guys. I love you. Love you. Bye. Bye. Have a good one. Bye. All right. Let's get into our interview. (laughs) It's only popping. Okay. What's good? Okay. Live. 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 We're here. We are here. Thank goodness. (laughs) With Brycon and the one and only Diamond Lung. Or together, are you Diamond Lung? Yeah. Is that the is that the group name or is that the individual? Or is it um, a, I, I don't know if, what, if Light Bulb deserves to be recognized as an individual, is but it a concept. <laughs> you, yeah, a you mostly. Together we form Diamond Lung. Diamond Lung. Okay. Uh, and you put up and you put when up. our powers combine. <laughs> so. Yeah, I was like, trying to do one of those like lock arm things. Yeah, <laughs> and the viewers can't see that. So for the viewers, he he was trying to make a muscular <laughs> arm appear, like Rosie the Riveter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dude, right arm. on the Riveter. <laughs> so yeah, for those who are uninitiated and un- unaware of who you are, please speak to your own graces and what you do. <laughs> You're like we well, don't right. have graces to yeah. speak to. I know we're grace, grace one way. Uh, no grace. I'm Brycon. I'm the producer and uh, grand schlepper of uh, Diamond Lung. There we go. Um, <laughs> what's good? Uh, I'm Lightbulb. Um, I am the rapper and the procrastinator of the group. Um, the one who delays things. There we go. So it's good to admit that. It's really good to admit to, to make that, work. that you are the procrastinator. I'm trying to add rapper and procrastinator. That didn't work very Procrastinator? Well. Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> no, <laughs> well, gentlemen. I think rap, rapper and pro- they're just synonyms. <laughs> so I've been, I've been seeing a lot of your work. I've been, you know, uh, uh, Brycon never hesitates in a moment to share his music with me. <laughs> he, he is the best. The best promoter Seriously. in in the bay. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and you're always working. It's like it's just hyper vigilant like activity, yeah. which Do I, you I sleep? appreciate. No, he has a whole house full of records. There's no room for a bed. <laughs> it's, it's the Bay Area. What you're are you expecting? Liar. Like, yeah. you make a choice. I, I sleep on the records. <laughs> but aside from that, like I've been seeing the photos. You guys look like you're robbing a bank. It's you know. Some many shit going on. So please speak to like how y'all linked up. What what's the vibe of the music? If you could exp- explain it in words, like all of those things. Yeah, please. origin story, all of that yeah. good stuff. Enthrall us <laughs> with your stories. Um, <laughs> well, like a lot of pressure. <laughs> yeah, well, I, you know, it's funny just we've known each other for so long. It's hard to remember. Uh, I, I don't know, like how, how we met. We've known each other for like. Seven or eight years now, um, linked up. I was, I, I think, I don't know. Just try to connect, connect it, connect the dots. I think like I was working with like uh, Rec League and like the homie Yeller, um, and yeah, and you know, I think you know, just through through different people, we uh, we linked up, um, and I think we we just realized early on that we uh, we worked well together. Um, been making music ever since um you know slowly but surely 
And are you native to San Francisco? You uh, SF? Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm born and raised. Nice, um, nice. Uh, yeah, mostly in the Sunset District. Uh, and yeah, you know, um, that's like that's where that's where a lot of the songs, a lot of our music, like sort of circulates around. Um, is just sort of trying to reflect. You know, just the trying sunset. to give some people like. <laughs> Yeah, the, you know the sunset. It's, there's a lot of variety, a lot of uh, a lot of things to take in out there. You know, uh, houses that all look the same. Uh, you know, fog. Uh, <laughs> really, wrapping about identical houses. It's in a fog. picture. You know exactly. You know, it's a place where you can reflect on monotony and, and other things. And, um, you know, uh, but you know, yeah, just like that's. Um, you know, just trying to. Uh, I think you know the vibe is just trying to uh, give some people some some like uh, catharsis. You know what I mean? Like, right. uh, uh, and that's like that's at least from my end. That's that's what I've that's what I've uh, I've come to focus on. And then, okay, so you and Brycon, you've known each other for seven or eight years. Does that mean you is this the first project that you've released and you've been procrastinating for seven or eight years? <laughs> Uh, no, we got one other project, um, and you know, a string of singles. Um, yeah, you want to check the backlog? When when did everybody learn to fly? It's our first album. Um, that's a that's a dope title. Yeah, and, uh, then just like a you know, just a slew of singles here and there. You know, um, uh, whenever uh, Brycon has has texted me enough times where I feel bad, and. Uh, <laughs> end up end up actually doing some work um but yeah you know so that's so we've been so we've got we, we put out a lot of stuff um so what, at this point what was the process in recording this project was this like a pandemic project is this one of uh Brycon's many projects where it's like we're locked down so we might as well just be recording shit like was it one of those or did you have records already prior to the pandemic and then you wanted to finish it up as things started to kind of loosen um, in the way of restrictions, like what was what was the process going into this? It was a little more like that, where like we had, I don't know, half or more of the record finished, you know, because it's, it's been since 2017 when we put out our last record. And like he said, we did some singles that were on some different compilations. And uh, we like, you know, snuck one of those on the ass end of this record as a bonus track. It's a but, stowaway. The ass end. Exactly. You know, like... Uh, we laundered it. Well, you know, part of that is like, you know, we work, we work uh, slowly. Um, so, you know, we figure, you know, we we'll give the most due to some of these records. So, you know, honestly, we, we started working on this one, like right when we had the last one done. So there's material on this from like, you know, the last four years. But yeah, I guess Lightbulb came out of the pandemic with like maybe three or four more songs. And that was kind of like the finishing touches for this album got some guest verses we've been like trying to get and that was it you know so who are some of the guests oh shoot we yeah. got uh Terry Prango and dave canal uh, oh yeah okay also, real san francisco like yeah. uh, you know other than the glaring omission which would be me um everybody on the record is from san francisco and we didn't really set out to do it like that but uh but jamie z uh Monk and Professor Gable, Baghead did a beat. Um, nice. one, of the, one of the tracks uh, Yeller and I made together. Um, uh, and then we have uh, someone I definitely forgot. Oh, Dregs One. Dregs? Dregs One, yeah. Okay. There we go. Yeah. So this, Are you not from San Francisco? This is like a San Francisco, like. Uh, I'm from North Carolina. Event. <laughs> I did not know you were from North Carolina. Did I know you were from it, North well, Carolina? I, I, I never think you've been told was, multiple I, times that he's from North Carolina. <laughs> I'm glad that you keep getting rebranded. And, and you're a Libra. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To think about it. He no. No. I was just. I was like, how does this I can I confuse? The I two. was like, if I say I'm not a Libra, does that mean I'm not really from North Carolina? So I was thinking, <laughs> how, deep, how deep is this? Yes. Yeah. You know, either either going either going either. Either. I know the answer to that question. I was just like, do I give it? Yeah. <laughs> no, don't give it to me. I don't deserve it. Um, okay. So what, what's what's the rollout looking like? You guys, I mean, okay, so San Francisco, you know, I, I hate talking about COVID. This is not COVID cast. No, so I, but I'm curious about your release. Are you guys Well, let me let me ask this just okay, sonically, you, right? You like just just something. in terms of cuz everybody you mentioned like 
Baghead, right? Like Telly Prego. Like I'm very familiar with all these guys, and and all of them are like acquaintances or friends on one degree or another. But what I particularly appreciate is like I kind of feel like, and maybe because I've been in the Bay for so long, like you all collectively, whether in your individual worlds or or one way or another, have created a West Coast response to the more mature East Coast sound that people appreciate now, right? Mm. So when you think about uh, Alchemist or Derringer or like the people who produce for Gazelda or like the, like I think, when I think of like Old Soul Collective and I think about people like Telly Prager and I think about like Brycon does or Baghead does, I see it as a West Coast response of classic hip hop in a newer era, right? Like, and I could be wrong, but give me your thoughts on that, on like, you know, I mean, I what had the Bay Area is known for versus what you guys have been doing for the last maybe five, ten years out here. Well, that's a really interesting perspective, right? And it's you know, I, I feel like it's a huge compliment for you to say that. So thank you. Um, I I don't know exactly, right? I know that like I grew up on the East Coast, but I was really enamored with like the Oakland version of the classic jazz fusion. You know, like the West yeah. Coast boom bap sound. Souls right. of Mischief was, you know. Yeah, my Souls of Mischief, Hyrule, right. It's someone like Baghead who, I don't I don't know who Baghead's favorite producer is, you know, but I know that, like, all those guys love a lot of East Coast shit. You know, they're like Joey Badass heads, right? Yeah, yeah. Being that they're young guys, right? Um, And then you have, like, you know, the sound that Bored Stiff and, and Queasy and, like, White Mike have kept alive for so long. Mm-hmm. All of that stuff... Um, you know, contributes. I think what's a little bit different with me and Bulb stuff is he's like, and this is funny because, you know, I think Luke Six only in the past, you would listen to Light Bulb and think, oh, we must have listened to this and he's into this guy. But honestly, I, maybe not. It doesn't, it doesn't appear that's necessarily true. He has the squeaky voice, right? And uh, I don't know, sort of like fucking convoluted shit talkiness of an East Coast rapper. Right. Um, it gives me an opportunity to do more of that with the sounds. And as far as doing like something that's more minimalist and like, for lack of a better word, you know, Griselda-esque in this moment, right? You know, I always have been looking for like ways to get that stuff out because not everybody can rap over something that's like, you know, right. subtle, drums are quiet. So, you know, definitely we try to like let, let go of a couple tracks like that on this record. No, no drums or you know something right, so like I mean yeah it's just a it's a it's a vibe that you're going with in terms of just like and it's also the means of production right it's 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 classic find a record find a cool loop pitch it do some things to it like sound design things to jazz samples or something melodic right like so there's a the 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 I want to say that the beats are produced or they, the the feel of the beats and the sound and the vibe of the beats are produced by the process. Like the way the process is done is what creates the way that it sounds, right? And then you get a rapper, you get an MC on it who adds their own like sauce and flair. So so what would you say is your lyrical approach to like a Brycon production or Baghead or whoever else you work with? Like what is your typical approach? What is your personality on the mic, so to speak? Um, you know, it could be, uh, like one of many things. Um, I think for me, like, um, I'm like, I'm a real perfectionist when it comes to it, to be perfectly honest with you. So like, it can be something where I'm like, I'm staring at the same, you know, four bars for a couple months. Um, Mm. and then like, uh, then sometimes, you know, it it comes, it comes relatively easily. Um, I think for like, for me, that means like honestly, like I'll I'll like I'll I'll write over like nine Brycon beats, um, like for the same verse just to like hear something different, um, okay. and then you know sometimes that like I think that works really well, other times not so much, <laughs> um, and it's so it's just you know it's a matter of, um, and I think I'm getting better with it. Honestly, it's just like, um you know, uh, getting a little bit more, I don't think consistency is the right term, but like, um, you know, I think I gotta be, you know, you just gotta be a little bit more 
willing to move on to the next thing um and you know being okay with what you put down the first time i think honestly like you might sacrifice some some you know uh, ideal but um it ends up sounding more organic um and i think that's something that came through a little bit more on this album too is just um a little bit more you know just going with it rather than you know writing something deleting it writing something deleting it um <laughs> And I think that just comes with, you know, experience, confidence, all that kind of stuff. Um, so, you know, that's a long-winded way of saying I could, like, I write over, like, an entire Rikon beat tape. <laughs> 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 um, is, uh, how long have you, I mean, do, have you, par- or have you collaborated with other producers, or are you only the, Diamond Lung, and you've only worked with Rikon as far as releasing projects? on? As far as releasing projects, yeah. Um, I'm good for that one, too. <laughs> <laughs> I got to get this later, right? I keep him in the cage in the attic. <laughs> there we go. He's in the attic right now. Like yeah, this. we're in the same. We're in the same building. Why is the uh, Wi-Fi better in the attic? Because uh, <laughs> that's where the modem is. <laughs> you fix it up there, light bulb. No, I'd be sweating. I'm sorry. Did you I'd be sweating that so one? much more. Did you, did you want to take that one? Well, if I work with anybody else, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, mostly um, as far as beats, you know, the the one other person I've really worked with is, is the homie Yeller. Um, and really just, like, the entire, like, <clears throat> uh, Children of the Font, like, um, you know, outbound sort of crew. Um, that's really how I got into the whole thing. Um, and then, uh, yeah, then mostly just, you know, I think, <laughs> you know, Brycon has exhibited patience that not not a lot of other people would. Um, and, uh, you know, so, so, so we, uh, we've had a longer bond than most, I think. <laughs> hey, you did it with Eons, too. Oh, Eons, Jesus Christ, yeah. Why do you hate uh, him so much? He's a um, nice person. You know, that was, well, you know, we, we don't have to I'm about so that. sorry about Lightbulb, you guys. <laughs> nah, it's good. It's good. I really apologize for him. It's just like he's yeah. always going off. He's always going off the handle on these things. Can't, I apologize to him for what he's about to do. <laughs> oh God, what's it? What is he about what's to about do? To yeah, I don't know, but I'm covering my fucking bases. <laughs> no, it's, no, it's a good call. I've been called. Stay tuned call to find out. <laughs> well, that's a, that's a good way to keep the listeners engaged. Exactly. Other shit's about that. Like, oh shit, we never never do anything. That's like. Uh, that would be the shock of it all when you don't do anything. No. I'm pretty good at I'm pretty good at being uh, uninteresting. So and for my grand finale, uh, and then the screen goes black. I'm gonna start just leave. Turn your dinner. Yeah. Right. He had me waiting. I was like, oh shit, is he gonna like is Brian gonna do magic tricks? I turned my screen all the way down. Ah. you know. And for the grand finale, right? And then the screen goes black. No, I'm waiting for right. Brycon to put like his hand like through the thing, and then for it to end up on 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 Lightbulb's screen, like oh, just, like, shit. like <laughs> yeah. no, it'll be through the floor, it'll be through yeah. the cheap wall. Exactly, like some other yeah. I'm, yeah, with this like red and water right there. There <laughs> exactly. you go. This can be the music video. So going into these projects, right? Because you've worked, recorded several projects, you have singles out, like all of these things. What's the intention, or what was the intention in terms of this particular project? or just making music in general? Like, are you going into it like saying, hey, let's try to diversify or expand our sound or really solidify it and do bigger and better? Is it to scale up the model of it to gain more exposure? Or is it like, let's just do something fun and, and just see how we can flex our creativity? Like, what, do you, what, are your, what are your intentions or what are the goals you're setting for each of your projects? Um, well, as far as like the reach, you know, we're always trying to get, get like a few more, you know, listeners and, get some more tapes and CDs off and, you know, have the videos go further. But as far as, you know, making music, I don't think we set out to like do anything like, you know, groundbreaking or earth shattering. I thought, thought we just want to make like a better version of the first record, you know, um, we ended up though, I think doing a lot of things we wouldn't have expected. Like first off, like all those guests, you know, we didn't have any guest rappers on the first record. And, um, I thought that was, it was a cool surprise. There's like a bunch of singing. So we ended up going like a lot of different directions without really, you know, intending to. And it kind of became evident at the end, like 
oh, we have all these songs and it covers a lot of ground, you know? So I, I felt like, uh, you know, maybe we stumbled into it. Maybe next time someone asks us this, we can lie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you say, I, I really yeah. wanted to diversify the, this project. Yeah, well, say we, a, we accidentally did this. Yeah, um, never, never. I mean, you could say it was serendipitous. Like we found ourselves one. meditating in Nepal and really tapped into our creative. There you life. go. You know yes. what I mean? Like it all happened. Like on a Beatles fateful. vision quest with the Mar um, Maharaji or some there, shit like that. Fuck. Like, there we go. Very lazy prophet. <laughs> the lazy prophets. I like that. <laughs> no, I have. It's it's one of my books here in the bookshelf. Like it's the Lazy Man's Guide to Enlightenment. It's like literally oh, 70 yeah. pages. It's like Ron Swanson from Parks and Rec is like the best meditator because he's just easily sitting there and like doesn't give a fuck about anything. That makes perfect sense. About yeah. like bacon. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now back to my question. What are you all going to, are you guys going to do a show? Like wh what you thinking? I mean, San Francisco's changed. A lot of venues have closed down. Um, your San Francisco native light bulb, Brycon, apparently is from East Carolina or West Carolina. One of those. There Carolinas. is no East Carolina. <laughs> 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 well, I mean, you know, we're not, we're gonna do some shows. I mean, we're gonna you know try to avoid the plague. But, uh, okay, cool. <laughs> we'll be I'm doing. We're gonna get, get you in trouble. Definitely, we're up oh, for like all the fucking uh, shaky internet shows we can do, and outdoor shows. And who knows? You know, we might. We might pop up, you know, somewhere, uh, you know, somewhere, rock a few. Outside you have, like, the doing it, but, you know, like, we're not out there on the front lines, fucking, we're not, we're not going to be, like, the grand opening, fucking. Not going to be the guinea pig. <laughs> yeah, we're exactly, we'll be fucking guinea pigs. I went and played some shows this weekend, and I'm like, man, I, I might have got the fucking hippie pox out there, you know, so. <laughs> hippie pox. <laughs> might not. Well, if there was a venue you could you could play at, what do you think would be a good venue for your sound, where your audience would come? Would it be like a, a like a honey hive type of venue, or would it be more of like a? Well, did we ever play the honey hive? I mean, you know, our best shows have been like Clarion Alley Fest and like Presida Eyes Fest. Presida Eyes, yeah. Uh -huh. Ever really? I think I saw you for the first time there. Honestly, um, oh my god, that. Jesus Christ. Like, if it's the show that I'm uh, thinking about, that's so long ago, I can't even think it. Like, I can't even process it. Six or seven. Excuse me. What is happening? <laughs> it's like we're trying to get out of his dungeon. Muffled. Or maybe bottom of the hill, if that's still around. If that's still oh, it is. Yes, I'm, I'm hesitating to say anything. I don't know. Oh yeah, we're we're like really supposed to get to that. I mean, we played like the the midway, and that was amazing. It was not with light bulb, but like yeah. so great because everyone's outside, mm -hmm. giant room, three people in the crowd. I was like, that was ideal, but that wasn't you know, <laughs> that was just like me DJing for someone else. I wasn't like that's not my gig. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, uh, man. You know, we played some cutty gigs, bro. We played one of like one of the first Wax Poetics. Oh yeah, I got I right with the dump. Yeah, that was a brick and mortar. Brick and mortar was yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, you know. We never played the knockout. We know we still rock with the knockout. The knockout is dope. I, you know, I've been conflicted about brick and mortar in New Parish ever since all that. Uh, and I'm a fuck up and not know dude's last name, but Jason, whatever the fuck. Oh, I think I know you talking about. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, shoot me for not fucking remembering, but like those, we had a, we had like a time with with that, you know, and that's that spot was always coming up, and I'd be like, I don't know. They Who's say that dude is the out. They say that dude is out, but he's not really, and they duck and fucking dive every time someone's like, show us the fucking paper that says the dude is out. But uh, they, you know, that dude did hella shady shit, not just being. Uh, is that like, a dude that was like attacking homeless people? He wasn't just attacking homeless people. Yes. <laughs> he was predatory, predatory with like female employees, and then he ripped off like one of those ticketing companies, like you know whatever they're. Whoa, whoa, who are he, we? Check this. Back it up. Now we're getting into the juice. Who is this? The owner of Brick and Mortar? Jason Perkins, right? Was that it? I don't, I don't remember. I remember. Who just stopped fucking with this place because of this fucking super shady dude? So. 
it's always some shit like that with the venue where like somebody isn't fucking with them or they're shady or you know they won't do some hip hop. So you where will we play? Like any any fucking where until they like rule against it. Well, I mean, I'd love to know from a San Francisco native in terms yeah. of like local shows, right? And like just doing shows and having venues and places to perform and like do your art. Like how has the city shifted? In like the last twenty years, right? Like I, I keep hearing yeah. about. Uh, I keep on hearing about what was it? Was it Maritime Hall? Like I always hear about like the glory days of Maritime Hall. I keep hearing about like some of these older venues that like hip hop like lived there. Like it was like the the best shit ever. And then like I'm just, we have no remnants. <laughs> no, well, I think what your trip you know, is like. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm you know whatever. Jesus, I'm twenty nine, <laughs> and. <laughs> Uh, you know, even when I, by the time I was 18, like, even then, like, you know, and like, this is like the thing with gentrification. It was like, all, even that stuff was already gone for like, for the most part, by the time I was like, you know, 17 or 18. Uh -huh. Um, you know, so for me, like, it's been the smaller places. It's been places like the elbow room. Yeah. Um, you know, places, you know, the Fillmore is still an amazing place to see a show. Um, you know, Warfield places like that. But as far as like hip hop venues, like and that's the thing about San Francisco also is just like they're few and far between. Mm -hmm. Um, with like hip hop venues. Like a lot of times when you if you want to do shows, you gotta leave the city. Mm -hmm. Um and like that's sort of you know, that could be the frustrating element of it is like, you know, play a small bar, um, you know, a couple places or, you know, uh cross a bridge. Piano yeah. fight. Uh, and uh, mm -hmm. showdown, yeah, boom, boom, room, yeah, yeah. And Do you guys yeah. plan a tour for this project, or are you trying to figure out like where the Delta variant is hitting? Or like, like... <laughs> I think we'll do like a couple, like, you know, two or three day shakes or something like that. Yeah, um, smart. You know, yeah. I got some uh, other projects lined up, and maybe like do some shit with some of those uh, artists I'm about to release. Others. When you gonna have yeah. a late? When you when are you gonna have a label? Right. Well, I kind of do on the low. Like, I, I just the reason I don't flag it, like, or talk a ton about it with my projects is it's so uh, my label is so embarrassingly uh, under tragically underfunded that we don't really only put out my projects. Right? <laughs> so if I, I really had a label, right? Which to me, which to me is kind of like you know, I'm not gonna be like Star Woo Star Bakery Records all day because it's just my shit. It's really just an imprint. It gets yeah. my stuff out. So, but if I had a real label, there's so many artists, you know, I'd be putting, I'd love to like uh, be putting a ton of different people's tapes out. And I think about it all the fucking time, but you know, it's just not, you know, it's not cracking off at in this current moment. But I've definitely done the record label thing. And, um, and the one I rock with now is called Star Bakery Records. But, you know, like I said, it's just a logo. Star it's Bakery? It's a dope Star logo. Bakery. It's like yet another defunct San Francisco business from back in the day. Like you know. Starbucks. Before Starbucks yeah, exactly. used to gentrified it or capitalism did. You know, light bulb went. I just seen the sign. I thought the sign. Yeah, I used to go after it's church. <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. Church. <laughs> but actually, so and so, this project, like, are you are you putting it on the streaming services? Or are you just doing Bandcamp? Like, what's what's? Uh, oh man, where people, where can people find it? Well, check it out. It, it hit streaming services freaking Tuesday. Bingo! How do you like that? So, and uh, we've been pushing it. Uh, we've been pushing it on Bandcamp, and uh, we did we did CDs and okay. tapes and shirts. We got shirts you can listen to. And uh, the whole fucking shit. <laughs> no, my, so, favorite, my favorite song to the shirt. Yeah, yeah I really like. I like Where the shirt. The shirt came out good. What happened? Can we see the shirts? Uh, yeah, one? yeah, I got you. Um, here, right now, here's a CD. Oh, oh that's wow. really good. To be honest, sir, so my boy Rob Yamabushi, uh, he's a like old school friend of mine. I'm actually, I'm wearing one of his. It looks shirt. like a Grateful Dead cover, bro. Yeah. Like this shit is dope. With jelly beans. Honestly, on it? yeah, it's a lot of jelly beans. How many jelly? And anybody who guesses how many it is, twenty-four. Right? No, he's a bad guesser. Shit! I just oh. guessed our way until second place. Eligible? No, no, no. All, this is y'all's show. <laughs> anyway, to be totally honest, the shirts kind of look like the CD, but with on a 
No, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm down. Yeah. yeah I'm that, I'm, I'm, so sneakers, I'm lit. Like, Ooh, that shit's yeah, I'm good. That <laughs> so where can people yeah, well, find you? Shout out your social medias and all of, all of that jazz, your band camp, all those things, please. Good idea. Fucking great idea. Um, I'm Brycon Music on uh, social media mostly. And then, you know, the album is on Brycon Bandcamp and Diamond Lung Bandcamp. But you can find the album, Diamond Lung, Jewelers Loop, wherever you'd like to listen to music. And, uh, and I think Lightbulb light is on social media, right? Yeah. You do that? <laughs> yeah, I'm, uh, I'm just at Lightbulb415 on Twitter. Um, that's really the only one I'm, I'm super frequent on. Do you espouse um, wisdom on Twitter? Uh no. <laughs> um, you can catch me out here. You can catch me out here, faith and stuff. Um, you know. Uh, but uh, nah, it's uh, it's mostly just a place where where I retweet uh, kind comments about the album. <laughs> um, there you go. And uh, yeah, you know uh, that's you know I'm always I'm always checking it. Um, so uh, yeah, you can hit me up on there anytime. All right. Well, this has been fun, gentlemen. I appreciate y'all time. Um, Absolutely. You know, check out the project, please, please, please. Ratchet and Woke Podcast. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram. Uh, email us questions, comments, topics. Ratchet and Woke Podcast at gmail dot com. Unlearn the world. Lil MC. Light bulb. Bright on. They are diamond lung. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. Oh. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it, yo. Peace. Peace. Peace.